There is no shame in the dance game. I was thinking about standing up and having a full-on dance. What do you think? Should I start the show standing and then sit down? You let me know. Welcome, everyone. I know it's um, it's a big show today. I have a lot that I want to do today. And some of it is funny. Some of it's crazy, as you know. And some of it's serious because we have some updates on Andrew Tate uh, that were revealed yesterday. I actually went, did some digging and checked with people close to Andrew himself to verify some of what was unfolding on Twitter. And I have some updates for you we're going to dig into. And there's some scary stuff. So we're going to do that at the end because um, it's more serious and I don't want it intermixed with some of the fun we're going to be having. So let me tell you what today's episode is about. We got a lot of live reaction to crazy, crazy, crazy viral video content. We've got modern women bragging about their sexual rosters. They love to use that word roster. No shame in your game, man. Using the word roster, talking about ooh, what's supposed to be intimate acts. We've got a hot debate between a traditional man and an OnlyFans girl. You're definitely not going to want to miss. We've got a body count debate. I think that was on King Riches, if I'm not mistaken that you're also not going to want to miss. There's a completely tone-deaf woman who has a certain perception about what the average man's sexual experiences are like. Let's just say she thinks, guys out there, you're an average guy, she thinks you're sleeping with 500 women. Okay. The brainwashing goes deep. We have, uh, let's see, we've got women saying they choose career over love. We know that, but we've got an admission on camera. So let's talk about why that's happening and what the consequences are. We've got an untraditional woman. She's not traditional at all. She thinks she is. She's not. And she's saying she wants a traditional guy. Hmm. Interesting. And we're going to talk about how modern women are conditioned to believe they don't need a man. It turns out that that I don't need a man stuff, (laughs) it breaks down. It breaks down when life gets hard. We've got some video to show you when and how that happens. I'm also going to expose some leftists. we got to get the politics in here as well. Turns out some leftists are crying again. There seems like they're always crying, right? They're crying about having to work. Instead, they want you to work to pay for their stuff. You down? No? Hmm. Shocking. I didn't think so. You shouldn't be. And we're going to close with that, like I said, that important update from Andrew Tate and his team. I have you know, reports from CT scans here. There's stuff, there's stuff going on. Let's just say that it's, it's very quite serious and we have to shine a media light on it. So I'm going to do my part today. And then hopefully you're going to do your part once the show wraps and get this stuff out there, get it heard, get it understood. So before we start with a modern woman and her sexual rosters, nasty, let's talk about, um, who this show is brought to you today by. You know that The Matrix wants you sick. I say it all the time. They want you sick. They want you dependent. They want you all of those things. I'm here to make that very, very hard for them. We have a special offer from a fantastic company today called Rocasa. You know I love it. Uh, we have a 20% offer with Code Jedediah you can see in the description. I'm going to tell you one of the leading causes of illness 
is chemical toxins, stuff you're exposed to every day you don't even realize what you're exposed to. Cleaning products around the house, uh, products you use, baby powders, products for your baby, products for your dog, products for yourself. Think about how many products you use. You wake up in the morning, shampoo, conditioner, soap, maybe you use, you know, cologne. What what do you use? You get a boo-boo on your hand. I love the word boo-boo, sorry, but you get a boo-boo on your hand. What do you put on it? There's a bunch of toxic stuff out there that you're using every day. Well, I am going to get you on the path of replacing those toxic products with non-toxic clean replacements that are not going to make you sick and are actually going to build up your body's microbiome and help you to get better. So Rocasa is a company that takes this very seriously. They provide high quality, non-toxic clean products, no nasty chemicals whatsoever. I buy stuff for myself, for my husband, for my parents, for my toddler, for my home, and for my dog. No joke. All from this fantastic hub. It's a family-owned Texas-based company. Your products are made in the USA, which is fantastic. You always want to support made in the USA stuff. They extensively research and source the purest, the cleanest products. I can tell you that because I don't just trust what they say. I went and had their products third-party tested by someone that I trust implicitly. And uh, they tested out fantastic. So I was very happy to see that. I ordered a bunch of stuff. They have fantastic customer service on Facebook. Anywhere you, anywhere you have a question, you can go. Facebook, Instagram, website, chat seven days a week. They will answer your questions. Before I got to know them personally, that's what I did. And they were fantastic to work with. They have 200 handmade, handmade, handmade products for your home, your personal care, your wellness, everything. If you are struggling with sleep, you need better sleep, they've got a product for that. I use it. Um, you want a new non-toxic skincare routine as a female, as a guy, you don't want to put some toxic stuff on your pores after you shave, whatever it may be. They've got that stuff ready to go. They have a best-selling hair spritz I've been using that supposedly helps to restore hair. I've been loving it. Doesn't irritate my scalp. None of their products irritate my skin, my scalp. You got eczema, you got psoriasis, you got something going on where your skin's very sensitive. This is the place to go. You have a baby with sensitive skin. This is the place to go. Over 600 babies, this is awesome, have been conceived with the help of their hormone support blends. Very, very cool. All natural, all non-toxic stuff. They sell bundle packages also. If you have a baby shower coming up, if it's your mom's birthday, if you got a girl at guys in the chat, girls love products. They love products. They do these bundles where you can buy a whole bunch of stuff at once. They will be ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic. My favorite products, they have a deep sleep salve. I love it. I'm obsessed uh, they have a body scrub that smells like coffee. Oh, my God, it's delicious. I used it today. Mm, it smells quite nice. They have an elderberry immune support. I always take that in the morning, especially when I'm going to travel. This is all clean stuff to build up your immune system. You want to you wanna defeat the matrix? Build up your immune system. I'm telling you. With, with what's going down in hospitals today, you don't want to land in one. This is all I'm going to say. 20% off all orders with code Jedediah. Try it. And here's what I always say. You want to get healthy. you got to start with the products that are around. You're inhaling all that stuff. Your lungs are getting – you don't want any of that. Try one product at a time. That's all you have to do, one product at a time. I did it that way. And over the course of a year, I got rid of all that garbage. Now my house is like – it's like a little clean bubble. <laughs> and I love it. Rokasa, thank you. I love you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. All right, let's go. Let's get these modern women. I've had enough. Sexual rosters. Imagine promoting casual sex. Nasty, disgusting. Let's go to 1354 Delhi. But are you currently seeing somebody? <laughs> um, seeing a few people casually. A, f a few people casually. We got some players on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You got, a, you got a roster, Tatum? We got a roster lined up a little bit. Okay. So when you say a few people, what? Four? Five? What, how much are we talking? Like maybe three. Right now, that maybe I would three. consider maybe casually, yeah. Okay. 
So not that many, right? And what, when you say, you said casually dating, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? Uh, like keeping it casual, like I see them like once or twice a week, we go on some dates, nothing super serious. We aren't having like those serious conversations, like boyfriend, girlfriend conversations or anything like that. Okay, but you guys are hooking up. You're hooking up with... Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that's, so that's a yes. Do they know? Do they know about each other? Oh, yeah, well, because we have a, I mean, we communicate in that sense where we both know we're both seeing each other, like casually and stuff like that. So, okay. We know that it's. Okay, let's pause that. So, do you notice that she's embarrassed? That's one thing that you need to take note of. She's embarrassed. You see how she's like when he's like, oh, you're hooking up with them? And she's like, <laughs> you know, sinks back. Even, she even literally, physically, her posture sunk into the seat because she's ashamed of what she's doing. Because even though she's been programmed to say now, oh, yeah, this is fantastic what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, female empowerment. I got a roster of guys. She's spitting out the talking points. But deep down inside, she knows that there's something really disgusting about that. Secondly, I love this word casual. This is the new hot word. Oh, casual. No strings attached. Casual, casual. But it's not like it's a one night stand, right? It's almost like they took guys and instead of progressing and having you know oh let me date somebody and let me see how it works out and let me have all things on the table meaning this could be somebody I really really like you know who knows where it's going to lead that's how it used to be right you'd start dating somebody who knows where it's going to lead no what they do now is they want strictly casual purely sex you know no emotion involved no feelings they put that barrier up in fact and say this can't happen and you know how they do that by the way these women they choose men they don't really like because they know deep down inside that if they choose a guy that they really like, they're going to fall into that whole tangleweed of emotion. You can't help it. You really can't help it as a female. You really like a guy. It starts lead, One thing leads to another, and emotion comes into play. That doesn't make them comfortable. They're like, no, no. So they, they pick a whole bunch of guys that they're like, well, I know right off the bat this is a guy that I wouldn't take seriously, so I'm just going to do nasty stuff with him. This is disgusting, though. And I can't say it enough. I swear, when I first started having these conversations, I was like, uh, you know, what are you guys saying? Really? I mean, I don't know. I was thinking back in the day how women were. That is not how women are. These are women who are proud, proud of their 304 status. These are women who love the idea of casual. Do you remember when women, remember a time, any of you in the chat, where women, maybe some older people in the chat in there, when women weren't proud of that? And women used to want to settle down, right? They would be like, I want a boyfriend. And sometimes the guys would be the ones saying, oh, you're pushing too hard. You're pushing too hard. I'm not ready for that yet. You heard the like, I'm not ready story, but you know, the guy was always not ready. Now, you know what you have, you have a flip oftentimes and you have guys that are, you know, okay, looking for that woman. They want a real relationship. They want something. And the women are like, oh no, I'm here to play. I'm just here to play with your emotions. I'm here to play. I'm here to manipulate. I'm here to do whatever. I'm here to sleep with you right off the bat. No matter how disgusting it is to say to a guy, disgusting, sit down. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're one of many. Guys, I'm telling you, get out of that situation. Get out. You are not going to get anywhere with that woman. And why would you want to, right? Why would you want to get somewhere with a woman who already on second one is telling you you're not important enough for her to be loyal and faithful to? Nasty, disgusting stuff. I'm telling you. And also, if it's casual, honey, why are you taking all the eggplant? If it's casual, if it's casual, then you know what? Go out, sit, talk, have a conversation, get to know somebody. Now you are saying that it's casual, but you're sharing what's supposed to be the most intimate experience, right? Your body. Your temple, I know you don't see it that way, but maybe you should. You're sharing that. You're sharing that with a man and then saying it's casual. 
Do you see how these women are disconnected from their bodies? They're disconnected. They're almost disconnected from their souls and what makes them a woman. Disgusting. Because you know what? When women have when women have sex, there's always a risk of pregnancy. We are designed to be very connected to the womb, right? I keep saying the womb. And since I've had a baby, I kind of think of it that way more. But I was always very connected to the reality that something something could happen, right? There's there's always risk. You have sex with someone, there is always a risk. Which is why you always want to make that decision as a female, I'm gonna do this with someone who means something to me. I'm gonna do this with someone who is saying that I mean something to them. Because there is this risk. No, not them. Disconnected from the womb, probably pumping those birth control pills in, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, probably a pro-abortion culture, too. You can throw it all in. I'm telling you, all of this adds up to a big picture. These are lost, broken women. And they need to hear this. They don't need to be told, oh, it's empowering. They need to hear somebody like me sitting and saying, you're broken and you need to fix it before it's too late, before you're 35 years old looking back crying with a big old pot of Ben and Jerry saying, why did I do what I was doing at 22 when I was at peak attractiveness and I could have really changed the direction of my life for the good. Instead, I wasted all those years. You need somebody talking to you from real talk, which is what I'm doing right here. All right, let's get into a debate. We got a traditional man. This guy's gone viral. Um, you'll see him. You'll know him. You'll recognize him. We got a traditional man versus an OnlyFans girl. We've got two clips here, and uh, I think it's fascinating, by the way, as we did the other day. I want you to watch the body language, watch the exchange, watch the difference between how someone who's composed and secure in what they're saying handles somebody who's not. Let's go to 13048, number two, Deli. OnlyFans are not doing it for pleasure most of the time. They're doing it for money. So they don't do it because they like older men. They do it because they like older men's money. If any young women are watching, please do not model your lifestyle after her. Thank you very much. <coughs> he is and that's from the Christian man. Yes, I'm looking out for you, young ladies. If you I'm ever, not judging if you. you ever, that's fine. But if you ever want to get married, there's a lot of young girls out there who want to get married someday. If pictures of yourself doing sexual things are all over the internet, your husband and your kids will not appreciate that. What are your kids going to think of this? They're I think Northwest is doing just asshole. fine. No, Northwest. Yeah, she's living about her life. Kanye's. Yeah. yeah, she's doing great with her mom. Yeah, I mean, given the op given the option between a mom who has porn on the internet versus one who doesn't have porn on the internet, I would prefer if all of my friends couldn't see my mom <laughs> fucking other dudes and sucking their dicks. I still no consider myself a Christian. <laughs> I still consider myself a Christian. I do. Wow. And what is, what that is, just what means that, that mean? I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I'm not a fucking judgmental person like oh, you. Okay. What okay, gives okay. you the hold, right? Hold on, You're not perfect. Hold on, hold you should on. know better than anyone hold on. that we are sinners. Okay, you're right. We're not you're perfect. Right. And I, I know so I'm, get I off know, your high horse. I, I know I'm not perfect. Okay. No, get off your high horse. What makes you think that you're better than everyone else? You okay. are a that. sinner. Okay, I, you see the defensive. Get off. First of all, what's going on with her? With the... Yeah, you're high, high. There's like some sort of like I, I'm some weird going on with the way she speaks. Or I was like, is there some, somebody have a little drink before the show? Something's weird there. No, is it me? You know, it's not me. Um, so first of all, he didn't say what high horse is he on exactly? What high horse? So now, if you're a Christian, you can't call out 304 behavior as problematic for other women. You can't say, hey, women out there who are listening, do not model your life after somebody who has zero self-respect and is putting their self, themselves out there naked all over the internet, engaging in sexual you-know-what with guys they don't even know for cash, you can't say that. That somehow, that somehow makes you a bad Christian. But 
you're, but she's allowed to say, oh, I'm still a good Christian because I'm not judgmental. You know what? Some things are meant to be judged. So if somebody, not to use these examples, these are very different examples, but if somebody goes out and murders somebody, are we not allowed to say, that's bad, right? Why do we have no moral compass anymore? Why, why can't you just say that it is not morally upstanding behavior to put naked pictures, video all over the internet and make money off of them. Are we now supposed to say that that's morally upright? Why? Because we're afraid we're going to hurt some OnlyFans girls' feelings? No, we're trying to we're trying to shake you into reality, which is that you're hurting your yourself, you're hurting your future potential to get with a good man who's not going to want anything to do with you, given that you're going to have this exploding sexual history on the internet that people are going to be able to search and clip, and all of that. And we're trying to tell other women who may be watching this, don't do, this is not the path you want. If you want eventually to have a baby, if you want a husband, if you want to settle down, if you want a happy, beautiful life, you're not going to want this in your past. This is going to be an incredible amount of baggage that you are not going to want to carry on your shoulders. And she has a problem with that. Why? Again, misery loves company. She's worried that if you're passing judgment, people are going to start frowning on her behavior. People are, people are going to stop paying her. Because guys are going to get the message that why are you wasting your money going and sitting and giving to this girl, right? And she's outright saying, by the way, she doesn't care about these guys. Again, they say, how many times do they say, we don't care about you? She's saying, oh, it's just about money. It's just about money. Stop giving her money. Stop giving women like this. Guys, I'm telling you, go get a gym membership. Go buy some food from a farm to get yourself healthy. Go over to Rocasa. Get yourself some good products. Do whatever you need to do. Stop wasting your money on women who are openly telling you they don't care about you. They could not be any more clear in their discussion of, of what little value you have to them. So stop spending money. Religion, by the way, has become a joke to many people. You notice this? I mean, I went to Catholic school when I was younger. But do you see how these people will say, oh, I'm Christian? What does that mean, you're Christian? Now, you, now it's just a word you throw around, right? Oh, I'm Christian. I'm Christian. Okay, so the Christian teachings told you what? To go have you know, go do lewd sexual stuff with random people on the internet and, and, and get a pat on the back? What, what, what version of Christianity are you following, honey? Come on now. This is getting ridiculous. By the way, that comment, oh, Northwest is doing fine. Honey, how do you know how Kim Kardashian's kids are doing? You spoke to them? Or do you just look at media stories about how they're doing? How do you know how it's going to affect that child to ultimately find out that her mother's entire career was launched by spreading her legs on the internet and making money off of it in a deal that was most probably organized by her own mom. You think that's not going to affect that child? Why? Because she's rich? Why? Because she's famous? You know how many rich, famous kids wind up a hot mess on drugs, you know, turn into alcohol, you know, fall? You, you see the stories. This is not unique. These people are unbelievable. Oh, Northwest is doing. Oh, you know, honey, you went and spoke to Northwest before you got on the whatever podcast. Ridiculous. I mean, it's just the dumb hurts on this stuff sometimes. Really. What an irresponsible message to say. Deeply irresponsible stuff. As if she knows. All right. Let's go to that second. 135.36. Zero accountability females on the way, y'all. Let's listen or whatever and they're getting made fun of by all the other kids who found your pornography online at that point in time are you going to regret it or are you going to be like no I'm fucking happy that I made that decision my kid can go fuck himself why should the mother who is a consenting adult who chose to do OnlyFans be crucified for her adult decision shouldn't it be the one 
the kids who are bullying the child who led them to you just commit. Com- Bro, no, I'm sorry. I just like So it's okay you're to bully them. Completely avoiding response. No, no, we're saying it's wrong to bully. Then what's the point? You're what completely avoiding responsibility. I'm just saying here. it's a point about like selflessness. Like I'm like a young girl has the idea of like doing an OnlyFans, getting such easy money by taking one naked photo of myself. It's not easy money. My you would not. You'd make like five dollars. Okay, okay, pause that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. First of all, that girl, do you see how she got defensive? You'd make like $5. You know why? You know why she's getting nasty with that girl? That girl's hotter than she is. Objectively, let's be objective in the chat. Is that blonde girl, pull it up, Deli. That blonde girl there sitting next to Chase, who's more traditional, she's objectively, objectively more attractive than the other girl. So there's a defensiveness that's coming into play because not only is she more attractive, but she's also not a 304. At least by her own, what she's telling us about herself. We don't know her personally, but that's the information she's revealing. So now that girl who's on OnlyFans, who's at 304 behavior, is feeling intimidated and defensive because there's somebody sitting at that table that has more traditional values as a woman. And she knows that 304 knows that that other woman is more desirable. And yet she doesn't want to change her behavior because she's cashing in on it. But she knows that there's someone at that table who the chat, who everybody watching is objectively saying that's the catch and the 304 is not. So there's a defensiveness that came into play there. I'm sure you noticed that. Um, Do you want to have, let me ask you a question. That guy is, his name is Chase. He's gone, right? You want me to have him on? Chat, can you you weigh in? Do you want to hear from a traditional male that's gotten into some of these interactions? Um, It's not going to be as fiery, right? Because he and I would would agree more. But would you like to have him on and do live reacts with him to some content? Put it in the chat. Put it in the comments. Tell me what you think. I want to know. We're having MLD on, by the way. We just booked him. He's going to come on and he's going to react to his former appearance on the Whatever Podcast and do some live reactions with me as well. And also another announcement. We have Destiny on on Monday. Oh, yeah. Destiny's coming. Destiny and I are going to do live reaction to content. I have a sense we're going to disagree. I have a, a small sense we're going to disagree, so you're going to want to be here. There's going to be some heat happening at JB Live on Monday. But this whole idea, again, let's go back to the clip, and let's talk about how she doesn't want any personal accountability. She specifically asked if your kid in the future is bullied as a result of your behavior, are you not going to look back on it and say, hmm, this was, this was a, a, mis- a misstep by me? She's so self-absorbed and selfish that she can't even step outside of herself and says, well, isn't that the fault of the other kids, that bully? Well, sure, honey, but you're an adult. You're the adult. So, of course, other children shouldn't bully your child. But if your behavior has led to, to, to something bad, something negative for your own child, meaning that other kids can look on the internet and see naked pictures of that child's mama, meaning you, do you not play a role in that h- horrific reality for that child? Of course you do. Own up. You don't want to acknowledge that your behavior right now has the ability to negatively affect your future child if, in fact, you have one because you don't want to change your behavior and be a responsible adult. That's what's going on here. And he's calling you out on it. So, and then notice, oh, you want kids to be bullied? Oh, you want kids? He didn't say that. Of course, he's saying no. But there's a difference between a kid who bullies and a grown adult. I know you're acting like a little girl on this panel, but you're a grown woman at this point. And you're making decisions that are going to affect the course of your life and the effect of, of the children that you may have in the future. And you don't care. Selfish, nasty behavior. Now, this is why some people say, oh, not everybody should be a mom. Because you have, you're going to be a mom? Guys, in the chat. Guys out there, you're looking for somebody, you're thinking, oh, you know, is this a girl I want to, you know, spend some real time with? Is this a girl I want to build a life with? She needs to be, not be selfish like that. You need to find someone, my kid is my everything, right? 
I do and die and bend over backwards for my child. My mom was the same way with me. You need to find someone who cares so much about their child that that becomes number one. Do you think that woman is displaying an attitude or a type of character that of somebody who's, who's anywhere near ready to do that? No. But you imagine this stuff is on the internet. These girls know they're going on a podcast. This is now out there. This stuff is out there. God, no shame in their game. I know there's no shame in my dance game, but they have no <laughs> shame in a lot of other things here going on. All right. Jelly, are they responded about Chase? I'm curious. Yeah, uh, they actually want Chase really They bad. want Chase. You want to see her from... All right, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to make a note for myself. Chase is coming on. Don't you worry. I'll have him here. A friend of mine, too, was like, he's good looking. She's single. I was like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. But we'll get him on. Everyone will be happy. All right. Let's go to number three. Uh, let's go to 21410. I'm not going to intro this. Just take a listen. Things they want from a woman or whatever. I have men literally paying for my bath water, and you think I can't find a husband? I have people wait, begging to be my you, husband. That's whoa, not a problem wait, 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 for wait, us. Yeah, let's Hold talk on, about like, the bath water. How many, <laughs> tell us how about many the bath of these water. dudes? Oh, wait, 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 how many of these dudes that so badly want to make you their wife would you actually consider as a husband? There's been a few. Like my ex, obviously, like I like to be honest, like not even to be conceited or anything. Closer every time. single one of my exes I've had, like they're deeply in love and still years later trying to be with me. Like, that's okay, why, cool. That's why none of these cool. moments... Right? Okay, that's your ex. You didn't want him. That wasn't the question. The question that Chase asked you was, how many of these guys are guys that you would actually want? She's saying, oh, I'm behaving, you know, badly. She doesn't call it badly, but we will because we have to be honest. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm doing hookup culture, all this stuff. And I have guys that want to be with me left and right. What are you talking about? It's not making me less desirable, she says. But it is, honey. Because all the guys that want you are guys you don't want, right? They're your exes. They're guys that you're just, you know, maybe, you know, one night stand here and there or this and that and kick into the curb. What he's trying to tell you Chase, is that the guys that you really will want to settle down with won't want you. They're not going to want you. So you may have all these options, but if they're all people that you don't really want, that's the point. That 304 behavior, yes, it will still attract men. It absolutely will attract men, but it'll attract men who oftentimes aren't there for the right reasons, and it will attract more low-value men. If you want a higher-value man, they're going to look back at your past, and they're going to say, that past is an indication of your future. I'm not into it. And they'll go find a woman who didn't make those poor choices because they'll feel that it reveals something about their character, about their upbringing, about what kind of parenting was going on in their house. And that's all valid. So that's the message. So this whole, oh, I have all my options. Yeah, great. They're all your exes for a reason. You didn't want them. You're saying, oh, they're still trying to, you know, come at me and this, that. Yeah, and you still don't want them. Talk to me about how many guys you do want or you'd be like, if you saw him or you'd be like oh my god I have to have that one are they knocking down your door no they're not no they're not because if they were you would be with one of them and you're not let's be honest okay let's go to number four 247 tell women not to be like Nicolette <laughs> Jesus please allow me to preach to men to stop simping this hard for these three oh foes god damn okay simp for girls like Grace who deserve it Hey, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, Nicolette, your response to Mr. Davon Jackson. So you can my fire response back, is that people don't like when 
they see another person who's unapologetic, unapologetic, unapologetically themselves who is sexually liberated, comfortable with their sexuality. It makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel insecure. It's not something that they're used to. And all I have to say to that is grow some fucking balls and work on your self-esteem. Okay. I'm not going to stop being my... That's the talking point. By the way, Grace is the, the cute blonde. I think she's cute. I know in the chat you think she's cute. Love the long blonde hair. I thought so. Deli, you think she's cute? The lo- Yes. Deli's on board. Call Deli. He's single. Just saying. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you see the tension there between Grace and this woman who's very, she's unhappy. This is not, this is not how happy women talk. This is not how happy women behave. The talking points, they got spewed out. Did you all hear that? Sexually liberated. That's a talking point that came out of the modern feminist movement. Gloria Steinem uses those words all the time, has for a very long time. Sexual liberation, they often cite as something that started in the 1960s. Sexual liberation is often paired with the rise of the birth control pill for women. Women were told that that was a sign of empowerment, that that was a sign of happiness, that that was a sign of, you know, oh, you know, your self-sufficiency and you don't need a man and all that stuff. And somehow that that was going to make them happy. And you have deeply, deeply, deeply unhappy, depressed, anxious women now who are delaying finding a real mate, who are delaying having a baby and they're miserable. And they're reading much like that 42 year old that we had on the other day that we showed that video where she was just completely, she looked devastated, frankly, that she had to go to a sperm donor and go that route. She was devastated because she bought the talking points. This is a young girl who hopefully will wake up at some point who's buying the talking points and saying that men don't know how to deal. Men are uncomfortable. Men are insecure when dealing with sexually liberated women. No, honey, they just find it nasty. They just find it nasty. They're not interested in you seriously. Sure, you'll attract men. Like I said, you will attract low-value men or you will attract... High value men who, for whatever reason, are engaging in, you know, one night stand behavior, um, who are, you know, they're just they're just there for the for the night or maybe two nights or maybe three nights. (laughs) But it's they're not there for the long haul. Um, I would argue, by the way, that that's not high value behavior. That's a whole separate conversation, um, which is interesting. I always point you guys to the Belmars. Go, go look at Luke Belmar on Twitter at, at some point. He talks about promiscuity and how promiscuity in men as well is something that you, you don't want to do because it's, it's a distraction for you. And you're wasting a lot of time. When you're sexually promiscuous, who are you spending, as a man, who are you spending your time with? Low-value women. Because high-value women aren't behaving that way. So you're giving your time and your energy. And believe me, even to be intimate with somebody on any level, it's energy. right? It's time. It's time you could be doing something else, right? You could be in that gym. You could be making extra money. You could be doing stuff that ultimately is going to make you more attractive to a high-value woman. Don't waste your energy on low-value women. Just don't. Don't. Um, It's a waste of your time, in my view. So this sexually liberated language that they use all the time is an excuse. They don't want to face their bad behavior. They don't want to face the fact that what they're doing is nasty. They don't want to face the fact that their behavior is going to have serious consequences for their future and their ability to attract a high value man. So instead they point out and they say, oh, it's guys, insecurity. They're not insecure, honey. They just see you for what you are and they're opting not to take you seriously. End of story. Okay. It is not liberating, I have written here, to be a 304. It's not. It's not. And it's going to be on these young women to reject the talking points. I really would love to know, don't you find yourself in the chat? Get involved in, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. By the way, I am reading Super Chats today. Um, so get on in there. If you have a question, you have a comment, you love what I'm saying, great. You hate what I'm saying, great. I want to hear from you. 
Were you told, I'm curious, women, were you told that being a 304 was sexually liberating and that this was a positive for you? Did you hear that messaging growing up? Guys, do you find any of these women attractive or appealing who are proud of their 304 phase? I want to hear from you. Okay. Body count. Let's talk body count. There's uh, King Riches. You know, his show, I think he uses the same set. I've said this before. I think it's the, the Just Pearly Things set. I'm pretty sure. She was on there the other day. So maybe they they may have some type of business partnership. I'm not sure. But I enjoy his show. And I enjoy his delivery. I think he's a very interesting guy. Check this out. We're going we're gonna to dig into some body count. This, is, this girl is off the rails, by the way, who you're going to hear. Once five is done, I'm going to go to the chat deli, okay? Let's go to 2307 for now. Number five. Girl is, like, has a high body count. Do you think that matters? I feel like guys are like... If you've slept with two people, who was the other man? Like they, they get really in their feelings about stuff. Like we don't want sex as, as much as they want sex. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I feel like with guys, they're very dramatic. Some people don't care. And I'm finding people that are a lot more understanding to the fact that we've excelled in the world. Like yeah. it's not about you girls. You've excelled by having a high body count. No, 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 no. As, as in <laughs> like being, being, being sexually free and being able to like not be oppressed by, you know what, you need to just be in the kitchen and have sex with one man for the rest of your life. Like, no, do you know what? Maybe I want to have sex with five. What do you think the average um, like body count is for a woman? How old are you again? 28. 20, 28. Okay, how, let's pause it. Many? We're going to get into this. <laughs> Wait till you hear what she says. Wait till you hear what she... Average guy. You got some guys who consider themselves, hey, I'm an average guy. I don't, by that, I don't mean to be demeaning. I mean, like, you're, you know, pretty average. Like, you, your body count is probably average. You had an average number of sexual experiences. You had an average number of girls that you've been involved with. If you consider yourself that, wait till you see what she has to say about how many people she thinks you've had sex with. Just wait. The disconnect, the delusion is so deep. But this is interesting to me. She says initially it's dramatic. She labels these men as, oh, they're, you know, so dramatic. If you, you know, if you've been with other guys, they get dramatic. It's not dramatic. They just don't want to visualize it. Guys are very visual, very, very visual, which is why when they see a hot girl and they see the boobs and the butt and they're like, it's, it's just, just the way they're wired, right? Guys are wired to procreate. They are. So they see it and it's like, it's like a little candy. It's like, you know, like they just look, they like, they don't always act on it. Right. But they look. Um, and she's saying, oh, it's dramatic. Guys don't want to visualize you with another guy. They don't want to see that. They don't want to think about it. Even if it was something that happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, two years ago, six months ago, they're like, I don't want, they don't want to hear about it, which is why I always think it's interesting. I told you about the bachelor the other day. These girls are getting on. They're trying to get this guy and they're talking about, my last relationship, he hurt me, this, that, all the, and the guy's sitting there, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, if this guy's got any shred of testosterone left in his body, which, by the way, is questionable with the guy they chose, he would be like, why is she talking to me about that? I don't, I don't want to hear about, you know, you don't want to be thinking about the girl you're about to put a ring on her finger and propose, and you're thinking about her and the nasty she did with some other guy, and by the way, how damaged she is as a result of it? Oh, yeah, sounds like you hit the jackpot, honey, with your strategy. I mean, it's crazy, but... This idea of sexual freedom was also has also been paired by women in the modern age with with like I'm sexually free from the oppression of the kitchen. You notice that? You notice how she paired so the like housewife bad, right? Sexually liberated 304 good. That's what they've walked out of their feminist studies class in college or high school and and they they walked away with that. It couldn't be more backward and more weird. I mean, think about a woman who chooses to take care, to prioritize husband and child, 
to make that a priority and to say, that's going to be my number one. I'm going to take care of my family in ways that I can. And I'm going to expect my husband to take care of this family in ways that he can. And that woman wants to, you know, be nurturing to that family and be positive and supportive to that family and cook something beautiful for her family and put that food on the table and put that baby to bed and sing him lullaby. I mean, this is a beautiful picture that should put everybody at peace. No, no. Modern feminists have to ruin that. They have to destroy it. They have to knife that. And in turn, they have to elevate some 304 at the bar like, what's going on? Who am I going home with tonight? Whatever. I'm going to use you. You're going to use me. That's somehow sexy, empowering. That's disgusting. You see the parallel here? Do you see the brainwashing that has happened? Unbelievable, really. By the way, why, why is it assumed that all of these women that were in the kitchen, and, and by they say in the kitchen, they mean, you know, they saw like the little sign that the feminists made about like, don't be a 1950s oppressed housewife, you know, when she was cooking, heaven forbid. Don't you cook, by the way, feminists, when you're single, don't you have to feed yourself, honey? Don't you get in the kitchen and cook? So somehow it's so bad to you to, to cook for somebody else you love? Broken women, broken. But they think of it as oppression. I mean, my grandparents, like I think of what grandma on one side used to love to cook. It was literally her joy because she got so much pride and such a feeling of pleasure and peace when she put that food on the table for her family. She wasn't oppressed, honey. She, she loved her life. She had a beautiful life. She lived a long life. And in, on the other side of the family, my grandpa loved to cook, right? So he did more of the cooking because he was an Italian kind of wannabe chef and that was his thing. But why the assumption that somebody's oppressed if they're taking care of their family in the way that they're inclined to do. Unbelievable. Is it oppressive, by the way, when, men, when you say to men, I want you to earn six figures and I want you to provide and protect? Oh, I'm, I'm guessing you don't find that oppressive. Selective oppression, right? When the talking point suits you? Hmm, interesting. Also, by the way, did you catch her saying before we move on that she found it oppressive, the idea that you would have sex with one man for the rest of your life? Can you imagine? That's oppressive, to modern women now. She deems that oppressive. Well, then, honey, don't do it. Don't elect for it. Don't get married. But I guarantee you that most high-value men are going to hear you talk about that as being oppressive, and they're going to be turned off because a man wants your loyalty. A man wants you to be faithful. A man wants you to want to be faithful to him because you love him so much, and you prioritize him and that family so much that you've got tunnel vision for that family and those children, and you know that your loyalty and your faithfulness is pivotal to the success of that structure. We could talk about, you know, people say, oh, what about the men? What, yeah, men have to bring a lot to the table. I am not easy on men. You know that. I'm like, get in the gym, get your stuff together, get your self-defense in order. You got to be able to make money. You got to be able to provide all of those things. And if you sign on the dotted line for loyalty and commitment, you better, you better be willing to give it. I'm not easy on men, but we're talking about women here, so don't, don't distract. I know how the women say, well, what about men, Jed? You're only being tough on women. You're not listening, honey. You got the earplugs in conveniently when you want to. All right. Now we're getting into the body count debate. You guys listening? You consider yourself an average guy with, you know, like an oh, average number of, listen to how she thinks your life's looking. Let's go to 21. Except we were big. Do girls, I care? Like 500 girls. 500? Yeah. Bloody hell, one in three people have an STD. 
Is he wrapped up? Has <laughs> he, he be been looking lucky. after himself? He might be lucky, or you know, bloody hell! Like it's about safety here. My health's at risk. It's at three hundred. That's still high. That's so high. I feel that's average for a guy. I'm not gonna lie. Average. To you. you think the average guy is there with three hundred girls? No, 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 no. Like, why do you think that? I, do you know what? I, I don't. So you know when. People will be like, oh, the do you want to know? The average guy. <laughs> yes, sir. The average. Even, even with his five-inch dick, I do believe yeah, five that inch he, guy. he might have penetrated <laughs> three to 500 girls. Okay, yes, stop. Stop. <laughs> Come on. She's, by the way, she's dead serious. Okay, in the chat, those of you who said, you know, I'm an average guy. I've had a, have you had 300 to 500 women that you've had sex with? My, my guess is no. Because that's crazy, by the way, if you're doing that. Hmm. Might be some nasty involved. Just saying, even for you. 300 to 500, that is what she thinks is the average guy's experience. You know why? And you didn't hear this part of the podcast. But earlier in the podcast, she talks about how she gets attention all the time. She's always got to, like, shoo, shoo, shoo the guys away. Guys are always coming at her. And she's like, ah, oh, not now. She thinks that's your experience, too. She thinks it's easy for the average guy to get a piece of action. She's so disconnected from the reality of what most average men are experiencing, which is that they're sexless, which is that they're struggling to get attention from women because all women are focused on these guys up here. Even if there are five, by the way, those women, they're filtering their Instagram images and they're doing this nip and tuck that. And they're focused on these guys up here. So the average guy is sitting there waiting for a swipe on a dating app and getting nothing. And this is why women are insensitive to the experience of a man, because they're thinking that average men have it easy the way a lot of them do. The way they could just walk down the street and the construction workers whistle and this, that. Guys just walk down the street to the, to the sound of silence, honey. Okay? That's how it works. They're not getting a piece of action left and right. And it's not how, the idea that she, this is very important. The idea that she thinks the average guy's experience is 300 to 500 body count tells you how completely disconnected women are from the male experience. And you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt at that point, because they, they're living a completely different reality. And they have a refusal to step into a man's shoes and realize that the ease that they have in life, the ease that a lot of modern women have in life with the amount of attention you get, particularly in your 20s, Guys, even guys, even guys who are eights, nines, they still have to be the ones to go up to women. They still have to initiate. So they still, even those guys, I'm going to pick a guy, I don't know. I don't know. What's the guy we've had on that you would say is like a, I don't know. I don't know who to, Deli, you got, you got one to pick from the guys we've had on? Okay, whoever. <laughs> I mean, we'll pick anybody, MLD, Justin Waller, whatever. They still have to go and initiate, Right. I'm not saying people aren't sliding into their DMs left. Or, oh, I, I get it. But in, in, a, in, a, in a setting, when they're out, if they like a girl, they still have to go over and make that happen. And they want to, by the way, because if they don't, the power dynamic is flipped and they're suddenly viewed as more of a submissive, which they're not going to want. So it still falls more on the man to, to have that initiative. Women, you know what they do? They show up and they look good. Done. Hee <laughs> Come on now. Okay, let's go to um, let's go to twenty five forty six. It might be repetitive, but let's just play it for a minute, and then I'm going to get to the chats right after this. You're saying that you think it's three hundred to five hundred. That's normal. The average guy. But I never agreed to that. I never said that. Okay, so what do you think is the average for a guy then? The average guy out there has probably only had a few, if that. Like yeah. a few, literally a few, <laughs> maybe like five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't you? Um, why, why don't you know? I feel like most 
guys, mm-hmm. even just like, not even like, oh, romantically speaking to this person, like, like even like my guy mates, they'll tell me that. But I'm like, bloody hell. Like they've, they've hit the numbers, some of them. Yeah, some of them. But that it doesn't, varies. that does, but okay. Same with girls. Yeah, but some doesn't mean that that's the average. Yeah, again. There's always some of everything. Okay, so let's pause it. By the way, that girl, this was shocking to me. That blonde girl is 23. Does she look, tw- Delhi? put it back up on screen. We have to pull her up on the screen. I couldn't believe it. She looks very mature to me. I'm not saying she looks old, but relax. She doesn't look 23. 23 has a certain like baby face to it. Does she look 23 to you? No, There's no way. Me. I mean, she look, I thought I would have said no joke. I would have said like late 20s, early 30s. Uh, no joke. And maybe that's just part of a mature demeanor because 23 year olds are typically like, ah, like the girls on the whatever podcast. <laughs> She's not like that. So maybe it has something to do with attitude. But interestingly enough, she's saying, well, the guys that I know that I you're dealing, you're not dealing with average guys then. You're an attractive woman. Maybe you've made certain types of choices and maybe you're not dealing with average guys. We're talking about average. Why are people unable to process things outside of their own experience? Why? Why is it always like, well, my experience? No, great. But average guy, average guy, you have to be able to talk about these things. And, and the average woman gets a ton more attention than the average guy. You can't have a conversation about this stuff unless you're willing to face reality. All right. Let's see what we got here. I'm reading these on my phone today, so who knows how it'll go is the bottom line. All right. It says, chats, Rip Thor. Oh. By the way, hit that subscribe button before we read this. Hit that like button. I need you to do that right now and leave a comment. I love to read the comments. I really get so. I go home sometimes. I'm like, oh, look what this one said. That's so funny. You guys are funny, by the way. You're funny. Maybe you should be hosting the show. You want to come and guest host JB Live one? Let me know in the chat. Rip Thor, 20 bucks. Great show, Jed. Your depth and understanding has grown and your delivery set you apart. Keep calling the craziness out. Bravo. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Neil Ray gave 50 bucks. That was 20 bucks, by the way. Neil Ray gave 50 bucks. Started watching your podcast a few weeks ago. Love the content. Please continue to teach women the right thing to do and the right way to be a real feminine woman. It would be great if you could bring on Coach Everett Overton. Thank you and God bless you. I don't know who that is. I don't know a lot of people. Like, there's some people I don't know in this space. Again, but I'll look into it for sure. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Uh, we have Hans Law for 10 bucks, Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Oh, look, we get a little bit, a bit of the Bible thrown in. I like that. Bible study with Jedediah Beal Alive. I like it. Marvin Martin, two bucks. These ladies talk like they're high and fried. <laughs> Could be, right? One of them does sound drunk. Or maybe a little bit of weed with smoke. I don't know. I don't know the difference because I never smoke weed. You believe that, y'all? I've never smoked weed. I'm serious, man. I've never done it. I did. I do feel like I got a contact high once, though. I was in a room. Somebody was smoking weed. I felt a little weird after that and much hungrier than I did before. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Jack Timberley, 10 bucks. I have to thank you because I just launched my own podcast called The Thinking Cap, and I learned a lot from watching you. In my first episode, I tackled the matrix and chronic illness and disability. Good for you. The matrix wants you sick. We're going to make sure you're not. Watch Flower, give five bucks. Shadadai, can you please consider inviting the Fresh and Fit podcast on and discuss Myron's book, Why Women Deserve Love? I tried, y'all. I've tried to get to them. I can't get them. I can't get them. They're very popular. I think they're very particular about what they do. Myron should do a book tour and should do a press tour. I will try again, but I have tried. So y'all, you know what? Get up in their business and tell them to come on the show. I think it would be a fantastic conversation about his book. I'd like to read it too. All right. 
Yo, yeah, 290, 20 bucks. I was told the opposite growing up, but the other extreme side, like a woman's body is the source of all evil. Maybe that's why I went on the extreme left, but luckily I didn't last long and now I'm finding the balance. Interesting. See, everybody's upbringing impacts them is the bottom line. It really does. Puffy Vegas gave 10 bucks. I am not, but I grew up around a lot of Chad's and Tyrone's friends from high school, cousins, etc. They have been with 500 women. I can assure you, 500, come on. Okay, but again, even if that was true, 500 is a big number. What's your name again? Puffy. I'll call you Puffy. Puffy, 500 is a big number. I'm telling you, think about it. Think about how much time. That's a big number. So I don't know about that. But even if they were, that's a Chad and a Tyrone. They're talking about the average guy. The average guy has not been with 300, 500 women. There is no planet on which that woman is living in reality. We all know it. Okay. Did I get them all? Let me see. I did, right, Deli? Yep. The one challenge with this, of course, is that I'm blind. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Bottom line is we'll see how it goes. You never know. All right. Do women reject uh, love? Do they outwardly reject love for selfishness and career? Let's find out. Let's go to number six, 106. Um, I'm trying to think, to be fair. I don't think I've ever, like, traveled for love, like... Because it always just in the vicinity. No, I don't really fall in love like that. So I haven't. But why not? Because I don't want to. Why don't you want to be in love? Because I want to focus on myself and my career and get money for myself. Makes sense. You know, when you make all this money, then what? How how long are you going to do this for? I don't know, but I feel like I'll be hot enough to be able to get myself a toy boy if I need to. <laughs> you want a toy boy? I don't want one, but if I need one, I think You're going to need one because that's your plan, isn't it? You want to get need, money, in it? If I need one, I can get one, yeah. Mm. You, you seem like the type, like, guys pretty much okay. like kind of... And then they get into this whole thing about how she's desirable and she has her pick of the litter. This is really interesting to me and a big change that's happened since I was younger. When I was younger, girls grew up wanting love. I can remember being a kid and a friend of mine, I was in middle school, no joke, middle school, and a friend of mine had a little blackboard that the family would keep in the kitchen and it had little chalk and you would write something and I would write little love quotes on it. I'm not kidding. I always loved the idea of being in love. I loved romantic movies. I loved that whole thing. And women grew up with a feminine softness to them where they looked so much forward to that in life, more than we looked forward to career, more than we look forward to this independent journey where I don't need a man. We didn't, we didn't want that. We didn't want any of that. We wanted, you know, the storybook. We wanted the notebook. We wanted the Titanic story, you know, all of that stuff, the guy that you fall in love with, the romance. And that's a beautiful thing about women. You know, the fact that we listen to romantic music and all of that stuff. Guys may not be wired the same way, and in most cases they're not, but they love that women are wired that way because that softness makes us incredibly desirable to men and means that when we fall in love with you, man, what a beautiful thing to be loved by a woman. Guys, I got to tell you, I'm with Andrew Tate on this when he talks about what a beautiful, powerful thing it is to be loved by a woman. And that's lost now. Now you have women that not only aren't looking for love, but they are intentionally avoiding it. They are intentionally avoiding that union. They are intentionally saying, I am going to focus on my career and myself, and I don't want love. I am intentionally saying, do not come at me. And what does that look like in behavior? That looks like them 
sleeping with a bunch of guys that don't mean anything or spending their time with guys they know they're not going to fall in love with, wasting time essentially because they're so afraid that falling in love with a man will cause them to give up some of what they've been told is good for their life, that selfishness, that career. They're so afraid of leaning on a man because they've been told that's dangerous. They're so afraid of a union that might actually make a phrase like, you complete me, be real to them. They're so terrified of that because they've been programmed. And in turn, they've lost what makes them beautiful. That's why you see guys today talking about these hardened women. And I hear it all the time. Women are like hard. I don't want a hard woman. In the same way, do you guys, do you do you want a woman with a washboard, six-pack, you know, stomach? No, most guys don't want that. They want a softness. You know, I always joke that I put a video up on Instagram this morning saying that, you know, a lot of things that women hate about our bodies or complain about are things that men love. I always had like a, a little bit more meat on the bottom, let's just say that. And I just <laughs> definitely and I have these little I can't show maybe I can show you, but I'm gonna do something weird now. But you see all this little like stuff. You see that stuff on the side? I always had padding around the hip area. And it's funny, when I met my husband, he was doing a bodybuilding competition. He was tight. I mean, he looks fantastic now. But he was in a, in a competition, so it was like he was ripped. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be with this guy, and he's going to be, like, feeling all the squeezies and, like, is that going to bother him? Because I was, you know, I really wasn't in the right head of really understanding men like different things. And I remember him saying, I love that part of your body. Like, that's what I'm drawn to because it's, there's a soft and supple feminine component of that layer of a little bit of fat that you've got around the hip area. Guys know it. Guys, if you if you touch a woman's body, it feels like a man's body, you're going to be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You want a little bit of, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Anyway, what was I even talking about? I mean, like, you know, sometimes I just completely lose it. Regardless, these women have lost their essence and they've lost what makes women so unique and so valuable and so special. Imagine saying, I am going to avoid love. I am purposely going to create a life where I'm going to have a, a boy toy. What are you going to do with a boy toy, honey? Pay for his stuff? Honestly, you're going to have a boy toy, what, to come in and have some, what are you going to be, 40 years old? Let's say you, you follow this career path, you make a lot of money, and you're 40 years old. Fast forward. I don't know how old she is. Maybe 25. I don't know. Say you're 40 years old and you've made a lot of money and you're, you know what you're going to be? Lonely. One. Two, what are you going to have a boy toy roll in for a night? You're going to have ungratifying sex without emotion. Great. Yay. He's going to be out of there in two seconds, right? And what? He's not going to provide for you. He's not going to protect you. He's not going to do any of that. You're going to be paying his way. Maybe you can take your boy toy out for lunch and then he can go home with you and you can have some meaningless sex. And then what? Bury your head in your career and somehow pretend you're happy? That's what I'm trying to prevent young women from doing. There's no happiness in that. And, you know, people always say to me, well, Jed, you married late. I did. I did. And a lot of that has to do with me living in New York. But I wasn't doing 304 stuff. And I wasn't actively saying, I don't want to find love. That was not what I was doing. Was I in the wrong place? Yeah. Should I have maybe moved to a small town? Yeah, I would have changed things. Then I wouldn't have wound up with this amazing man I have right now. So no regrets for me in that respect. Regrets in other areas for sure. But bottom line is, there was never a part of me like that turned off my feminine side on purpose. I, I can't relate to it. Turning off your feminine side on purpose. I should do a whole thing, by the way. I did this early on, but there weren't enough people on the channel at that point talking about me talking about this and why it's different. I think I had that. I might have had the conversation on air with Rolo. I have to look back, but P 
people were saying, but you married late. Yes, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm talking to you, young women. I'm trying to tell you there were things that I did that worked out for me, but it, it's, it doesn't work out for a lot of women, and here's why. There's so much that I internalized that I wish I hadn't. That's why I'm doing this. Learn from the things that I did that I would do differently. Learn from them. That's, that's who teaches. You know how sometimes you have people make mistakes in life and they're the best people to explain to you like, hey, listen, it may not work out well for you and here's why. Here's a better path. That's why I'm doing this. Okay, let's get to the crazies. Let's get to number seven. I just think it's funny because, I mean, if you're going to like a country that has more traditional sort of values, I feel like my thing is, is that if I was to get into a relationship, potentially the reason why I haven't is because I don't think people are very traditional. So That's why you're not in a relationship right Yeah, now. because I don't... Are you traditional? I, I, I am. And stop I think it! It's okay, stop. leaving me. Stop the madness! Does she Has she been sounding like a traditional woman to you for the last t- 10 minutes that we've been talking, 15 minutes? She's not traditional. She's deluded. She thinks she's a traditional woman. So she thinks it's traditional somehow to say, I don't want love. I want to focus on myself and my career. I'm going to get a boy toy. That's traditional. It's traditional to say sexual freedom is, you know, fantastic sexual liberation and having a bunch of partners. It's traditional to say that it's oppressive to be in the kitchen or that it's oppressive to sign up for sex for the rest of your life with one man. On what planet, honey, are you traditional in your own warped mind? And now she's saying she wants a traditional man. Good luck, honey. Because a traditional man's not going to want you. A traditional man's going to want a traditional woman. And a traditional woman doesn't say all this garbage that you just spewed out. I mean, the disconnect is wild. Can you imagine this woman sitting and saying she's traditional? And this is the thing. There's there's a complete lack of self-awareness in a lot of young women. They just don't even see that what they ultimately want, she's telling you in a moment of truth that what she actually wants is a traditional man. That's what she really wants. And she's also telling you that she can't help but live her entire next decade in a way that's going to repel that guy because she can't undo the programming. Wild. Isn't it wild to see that disconnect? Get in the chat. Let me know. Do you see what I see? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Tell me. All right, let's do, I don't need a man. Me, 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 me. You know that. I don't need a man till life gets hard. Hmm. Turns out that the I don't need a man mantra backfires, and it backfires big. So first let's do, I don't need a man. Let's go to 129. It's on number eight. Um, let's do this, and then we'll get to the the backfire. Go ahead. The thing of what I'm saying is, it's what you're exposed to. Us in the in in this world, we've been exposed to the fact that women have rights. We can do what we want. We can say no if a guy just wants to marry us off and have sex with us for the rest of our lives, or just have kids with us. We can have careers. We can be those powerful women. We can be queens in our own generation. But unfortunately, that's not the same for our women across the world. It means that sometimes they are not exposed to being able to have that control over their lives. Okay, so so this is the I don't need a man. This is I'm successful. I have my own career. Do you notice something, though? I'm curious if you you need to pay attention to people's body language, too. I'm sure you do. But if you don't, do you notice that when she says that a guy wants to marry us off and have kids with us, there's like a disgust in her voice and a disgust in her face? That's a broken woman. Why is that a bad thing? This reminds me of the clip we showed the other day 
where the woman was like, remember that Chase from uh, whatever podcast was like, I'm going to make her my wife. And the woman was like, make her your wife. She didn't know what to do. You know, that she had like the feminism was like oozing out of the body. It was like she she was like a, a declawed cat that was like, I mean, she was lost her mind. Right. It's it, it, this is all internalized feminism programmed at the highest level. Now it's a bad thing to want to settle down with a man and, and be faithful to that man and have a family and a child. If you can't see that that is a sign of, of a generation of broken women, I can't help you. Now, when does I don't need a man backfire? Because you hear these women, I don't need a man, I don't need a man. Most of the time they're saying that in their early 20s when they're at peak attractiveness for them. Whatever their peak is, that's that's it. Oftentimes, not every time. Everybody, I got a message the other day, by the way. Somebody said, well, I was, from a woman, I was fat. At 23, and then I got really fit, so you're wrong. No, honey, I'm wrong about you. We're talking about, in general, in general, women are hotter, hotter when they're younger. That's not to say they can't be beautiful at other ages. That's not to say you can't have a beautiful mom. You're talking about hotness in in the sense of the sexual marketplace, right? That's what you're talking about. You're talking about that type of hotness, which is tied to fertility, which is tied to a whole bunch of stuff that a 50-year-old woman could be absolutely stunning, but they're not going to have, they're not going to be stunning in the same way in the sexual marketplace as a 22-year-old, right? A guy's not going to be like, if he's looking to have a family, he's not looking at the 50-year-old and the 22-year-old and saying, well, you know, two sides of the same coin. No, it's just vastly different. God, it's like you got to do baby talk to some of these women. Okay. I don't need a man backfires when life gets hard. So let's, Rich Cooper put out a great example. I'm not sure if you saw this video that went viral. Let's show it. So I know I said I wanted to take a break from dating and um, I didn't need a man. I changed my mind. I'll take whoever. Just like get here ASAP. There you go. Please. There you go. <laughs> there, first of all, she's in some type of winter tundra. I don't know where she is, but this happens all the time. I'm telling you, the feminism goes out the window the second there's a, any manual labor that needs to be done. I always use the example of like, oh, the toilet gets clogged. And people say, I can unclog my toilet. Honey, if, if there's a day when that toilet clogs and you can't unclog it, you're going to be d- desperate on the phone for a plumber. You're not going to know. You're going to let your sink not work. And all of a sudden, everything's coming up in the sink. Let that panic set in. Let, let, she's telling you right there. She's in the middle of some type of winter avalanche. She's got to shovel it. You know what? You're a four. Guys, you're a four. She'll take you. She's like, come on in, fours, any threes out there, any any twos, come on in, yeah, I'll make you dinner. She'll be real quick to put on a nice stew, nice grass-fed beef stew for you while you shovel the whole driveway. She'll be sitting there warm and toasty, a little blanket on, sipping that hot cocoa, waiting for you to finish. You know it. You know it. And and this is, and also, let, let, there, let any danger arise. Feminism goes out the window in times of manual labor is needed, danger zones, forget it. Forget it. Suddenly there's a robbery. Drew follows hide behind some man like a quarter of her size. Like, <laughs> you know it. Why? Because your biology starts talking and you know that you're not as equipped to shovel all that stuff as a guy who's got the bigger heart and the bigger lungs and the stronger muscles and all that stuff. You know, and you know that it's not your proper role, right? Like you shouldn't be doing that. And you wouldn't be doing it 
if you had a man by your side, he would be doing it, and you'd be sipping the hot cocoa with a little blanket, watching the notebook, shedding a tear, wiping it with a little kerchief. You know that, and that's what you want. Maybe baking some cookies for everybody when he's done. He needs that little carb refill. Everybody resorts to the traditional roles when life gets hard and complicated. All the time. This feminism is like the talk of the privileged. That's all it is. The talk of the privileged. Let war happen. You think all the women are going to be like, sign me up first. I'm there. I got this. No. They're going to be like, all of a sudden you'll see lots of admissions. I can't do it as well as the guys. I'm not strong enough. You know? You'll see a lot of that. Wait for it. We may be going that route with this administration trying to get us into a war the way they're behaving. All right, let's talk some leftists and soy boys, and then we're going to get to Andrew Tate. So why are leftists always crying? You ever see those memes, the liberal tears? They're always crying about something. This time, they're crying about hard work. They want you to work to pay their bills. What do you think? You ready? Let's play number nine. Dude, does anyone find it fucked up that we just have to, like, go to work every day? And we can't not go because then we can't live and eat nice things and have a nice house and have nice things and do cool things. You can't do anything without money. You can't have money if you're not going to work. You're not going to work. Yeah. Oh, boy. The the gasp at the end, too. Oh, man. Let me just say, okay, that was an ugly cry. I ain't like, you know how some people cry and it's like, ooh, that was, I don't know if I needed to share that with you. But so I look on Twitter and what it said above it is our modern society is surely the only one in all of human history where these words have been uttered. 300 years ago, you would wake up at 4 a.m. and do backbreaking farm work until sunset every single day. And if you didn't, very simple, you starve to death. Now we got to listen to this woman. That is a woman, right? Jelly. Yeah. It is, right? Mm-hmm. I hope so. I mean, listen, <laughs> one never does it know. Any. It could be, and I don't know how she identifies. But bottom line, I had to do a couple of takes on that one, but it, I believe it is a woman. And she's sitting here talking, talking, crying about this. What is her solution, by the way? Is this another one who wants you to work? You need to get up and toil and do all of this and, and so that she doesn't have to? So again, I'm going to say, again, now I will guarantee you, if you search this person, I will guarantee you that this is a political leftist and that if you ask her how she feels about feminism, she's going to be like, yeah, women's rights. In the meantime, this woman is begging for a masculine man, right? That's what she really wants. She wants somebody She wants somebody to do, hey, why am I doing You probably led your whole life in such a way as to not attract that man, one. And number two, this is not how society works. If you want something, you got to work for it, right? You can't just sit around and complain and be crying and carrying on. All of these liberals always shedding the liberal tears, wanting something for nothing. And it's just so interesting to me how it all ties into play because, by the way, also, when when he wrote this, when he said he would get up and do farm work and all that, that woman, by the way, does not look like she's in the best shape either. So do you notice how these things connect? You will often see people that are in terrible physical condition, typically morbidly obese or obese in some way, who don't want to work, they're complaining about that, they've somehow made themselves, as females anyway, less and less desirable to men, or as men, by the way, less and less desirable to women. So oftentimes they're single and unhappy, and they want something for nothing, which ties in with leftism. All of this stuff, by the way, 
And if they're fit women, they're like, oh, feminism, feminism, feminism. They, what are they doing? You don't want it from you don't want something from a man, but you'll take it from the government. It's like a, 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 a you know, people say that liberalism is a mental illness, and I don't know, man. It's looking more and more like that could be a possibility every day. Is all I'm saying. Something is wrong that's snapped in these people. All right, who wants to hear from a soy boy talking about muscles? This was too much. Okay, get ready. Number ten. Ah! Here's why the gym does not matter. I'm tired of guys that are like, oh, you know, I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to get fit. I feel like I have a pretty decent tone. I don't need to go to the gym because you pull up to the gym making less than 10K a month, pulling up in your bullshit fucking Corolla, and I pull up in my McLaren. It's not even a contest, dude. No one gives a fuck about your muscles. Most of the guys that go to the gym, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're fucking stupid. All that pre-workout that you're taking is making you more stupider. Ah! Okay. (laughs) Let's just pause on that for a second. This guy's, listen. I think he might be skinnier than me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying he's weaker than me because it's very strange. Some of these little guys, powerhouses. So I'm not going to say that, but this is this guy is skinny. He's skinny, and he's trying to say that guys who go to the gym and build up their muscles are doing something wrong. So let me just tell you guys, you're not. You're not. The reason that women are drawn to a larger physique in a man is because again, biologically, we see that and we say we all we feel in that moment is safe. That's it. That's as far as it goes. You want to know that the person standing next to you is capable of handling whatever situation comes your way. So you don't want to feel like you're with a guy who you could beat up. (laughs) You don't want to feel like you're with a guy who another guy could easily beat up. You want to feel like a sturdy man is next to you. So the go to the gym is there's multiple levels of this. First of all, women are attracted to men who take care of themselves. So going to the gym is a sign that you take care of your health, that you prioritize your health. And we like that. We find that attractive. Discipline in a man is very, very attractive. Secondly, we want a man that looks sturdy and feels sturdy, right? Who has a commanding presence in all areas of life, including the bedroom, by the way, who has a commanding presence in the gym, who you know if you know, harm came your way, would be able to defend and protect, right? If he's a little wimpy guy, and that guy, no disrespect, but you, you look wimpy in that video, you're less likely to be able to do all of those things. That's not to say you can't have a small little person that does the karate and all that. I'm not, again, these are the exceptions. But women are drawn to muscles 100% because it reads as safe, protective, and sturdy. So this is a soy boy. Now, he's lazy, probably. He doesn't want to go to the gym. He sounds like a little rich kid, to be honest, in the sense that sounds to me like somebody who maybe there's some family money, there's something going on. I don't know. But just the way he demeans somebody who would show up in a Corolla, I found that nasty. You don't do that. You know, by the way, a lot. Some, how do you know the guy that's showing up in a Corolla isn't loaded and just happens to not spend money on his car? What a dumb thing to say. You know, not everybody is out to be showy all the time. Some people have a lot of money in the bank. They're working hard and they're like, I don't care what kind of car I drive. Not everybody is wired to be showy in that respect. And he'll say, well, they're showy about their muscles. No, maybe that's about their health. Maybe that's about something that's a little bit deeper and more important than just showy. Okay. It's very attractive. Muscles are attractive on a man. Don't believe the hype. Okay. I'm going to, is there stuff in the chat, Dally? Uh, yeah, it should be a couple in there. Let me see. Let me read these before we... And then we're going to do Andrew Tate, which is a much more serious topic, but... Would you consider... This is Poseidon for 10 bucks. Would you consider interviewing Suzanne Venker? I think ideas from you both would be insightful. I would consider that. Um, I would consider that. Yes. That... Yes. Uh, let's see. Omega... Ooh. Rosetsu. 
gay five box. It's not just women, just American women who places self-interest in front of love as the consummate passport guy. <laughs> I am saying get one and go elsewhere. Interesting. We did uh, the Passport Bros. Go back and watch the Passport Bros episode with MLD. He talks about, he lives in Japan, in Tokyo, and he talks about this quite a bit. Go back and watch that one if you're interested. Mazen Galiden. I'm not sure if I said that right. Ladies and gentlemen, is it just me or the prince in the classic Cinderella cartoon somehow used used the so-called lover boy method? I don't see the difference between Andrew Tate and the prince in Cinderella classic cartoon. Interesting. We're going to get to Andrew Tate in a second. Is that the last one? I think that might be the last yeah. one. Okay, good. We're going to do one more round of chats uh, at the end of this Tate segment that I need to spend a second on. Um, let me just gather my stuff here because I want to make sure. Okay, so some news has come out. Um, some news has come out about Andrew Tate that's unpleasant and a bit scary and concerning. Actually, a lot scary and concerning. So let's pull up that first um, that first tweet that I have there on number 11, Delhi. Okay, so you know Suleiman, I had him on here a few weeks ago to discuss the case, the Tate case. And you see that I commented above it saying there are a lot of really bad people who want Andrew Tate dead one way or another. Suleiman actually said this, Andrew Tate, medical update, possible cancer. I don't know if you saw this released yesterday. The CT report is extremely alarming. Andrew Tate may have lung cancer. Urgent biopsy needed and a six-month delay could be fatal. There are reports he lost 10 kilograms in weight, which is also a sign of of cancer. Cancer could be incurable now. So obviously, I got concerned about this. I then saw a tweet from Sterling Cooper. I'm going to go through those reports with you in a second. Um, Those are CT scans that I looked into. And Sterling Cooper then had tweeted, this is the second tweet, Delhi, in that list that yep. says, those of us close to Andrew knew he had lung cancer for a while. This is a very, Sterling and Andrew Tate are very close. Consider this, one, he took over the internet while fighting cancer. This should inspire you to reach your potential no matter what is in your way. Two, if Romania denies him medical treatment, it could kill him. So I went back and I read these. I also, I'll tell you what I confirmed on the back end with the folks close to the Tate and on the Tate team. But I looked back at the findings here and what was listed in that original uh, tweet from Suleiman is information about CT scans that were done. And these leaked out. I'm not sure who leaked them. To be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if the Tate team leaked. If I were on the Tate team, I would leak these myself because now this guy is has been diagnosed with something quite serious He's been in jail for quite a bit of time, and they are denying him access to proper medical care. So if something happens to him, it's going to be on them at this point. Um, and, and when I said that there are people who are invested in Andrew Tate dying, I mean, there are people who want this guy dead one way or another. They do. And there's a deep, deep, deep layer of corruption here. So let's look at the report. This is from January of 2023. A letter was sent. Andrew Tate had apparently gone to... Um, in Dubai, had gone to a medical facility, met with a doctor, and several doctors have signed off on this information. I see one here, but I believe there was a second saying, I'm writing this letter in my capacity as Mr. Andrew Tate's primary care physician. I am a consultant in family medicine and medical director of King's College Hospital London in Dubai. And then they explain what's gone on here. There was a lesion in his right upper lung that was located. He has recently undergone a contrast-enhanced CT scan. You guys know what that is? It's like a very uh, sophisticated x-ray. Sometimes they do it with or without dye. He had it done with dye, from what I can tell, on the 12th of December, 2022. And there were some concerning features of the lesion that require urgent investigation and tissue diagnosis. That means they need a biopsy. So this was sent, this letter, 
in January, in, in, he was seen in December of 2022. This was sent January 2023. He's in jail at this point, and they're saying he, this requires urgent care. This is his doctor saying this, and that he needs a biopsy. They have not allowed him to get that testing done. He's still sitting in jail. We're now in March. So they go into some details that they're saying that his case was discussed, and there were procedures that were on the books, that were put on the books in, in December. He was supposed to get a PETCT. That's a different scan. That's a, an also... Um, it's another form of an x-ray. It's a little bit different from a CT. He was supposed to get a, bron- a bronchoscopy. I'm not sure what they do there, but I'm pretty sure there's a biopsy involved. And tissue sampling. There you go. Via CT guided biopsy. There you go. To figure out how serious it was. To figure out was there spread. To figure out you know the, the degree of malignancy of what's going on in there. So I see that. Then I see another... Um, sheet from, I'm not sure if it's the, oh, this is again, this is sent February 23rd, 2023, a follow-up by the same physician saying, giving a whole um, schedule of things that have gone down the 5th, December, 2022. You can show these deli that in, in the, in the first tweet, by the way, that I sent you, these are there in the tweet from uh, Suleiman, if they want to see them. I don't know how much you're going to be able to read, honestly, from these. So I don't know if it's worth it to you. But in the first tree from Suleiman in the bottom, you, you can see them. It details all of his appointments so that you can see that he had an appointment. He had a consult, appointment for a chest X-ray, appointment for a CT scan, appointment to consult with a pulmonologist that he saw. At the appointment on, listen to this, everyone in the audience. At the appointment on the 14th of December, 2022, and following a multidisciplinary team meeting discussing the abnormality seen on his chest X-ray and CT scan of the thorax, Andrew was scheduled to have further investigations. He was scheduled to have these done in January 2023 when he was expected to return from his travel. So he was supposed to go back to Dubai in January of 2023. He was expected to go back and he was supposed to have the following things done. Urgent, it says urgent, urgent PET CT scan, bronchoscopy, and CT guided biopsy of the lung lesion. That was supposed to happen in January. We're in March. When you're dealing with something that's malignant like this, when you're dealing with a cancer of the lungs, do you understand what a difference two months can make in somebody's life? I mean, this it really could be. And I'm not saying it is because, again, I, I don't know that anybody could say because they're not doing the proper testing, but I don't know if it's life or death at this matter, but... At, at this moment, but th- this is very, very serious now that he's being denied treatment. And it goes in and, and talks about the findings, by the way. In the, there's a separate sheet that says it demonstrates popcorn-like center calcifications, multiple satellite lesions, and probable nodular infiltration of the interlobal septa. There's, it goes into very specifics from the imaging. When you go get imaging done, you get a report, right, that comes to your home. It goes through to your doctor. You go over the report with your doctor. That's what this is. And I think the reason that this has been released, it says here, actually, this is the diagnosis for him. The differential diagnosis includes a hematoma. The satellite nodules and infiltration of the surrounding tissue are finding suspicious of a more aggressive neoplastic lesion. That's a cancer tumor, people. Tissue biopsy is recommended. So I don't know how serious this is. I know the word cancer You've got a malignant tumor in your lungs. It's not good, okay? You've got a doctor saying, we see something abnormal. We need to go in there. Follow-up testing is scheduled. We need to see if there's any spread. We need this biopsied in a few weeks. 
You're on the schedule, and now you're sitting in prison for two months. By the way, remember that Andrew Tate was rushed to the hospital on at least one occasion. Tristan Tate actually was sent to the hospital on at least one occasion. You know the, the, the conditions inside the jail are horrific. You know he's not had access to his American legal representative. He spoke to her, Tina Glandian. I don't, listen, I don't, nothing against Tina. But what, what's going on here? I don't understand, and I would love to ask her this, but why bother having an American representative if the American representative can't do anything to help you? It seems like, I mean, I don't understand. Why can't he be taken to a hospital? Why can't you demand anything as an American legal representative of someone who's an American citizen sitting in a corrupt Romanian jail? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the specificities of what you can and cannot do, but it seems like the reason he got an American legal representative was to get somebody in there who could help him. I just don't understand. I mean, what does it look like to me? It looks like these people would love nothing more than for this guy to die. And, oh, well, look what happened. Oh, look, we didn't kill him. We just, you know, neglected something that a team of experts told you not to neglect. And I think that the Romanian, you know, the, the, the Romanian authorities actually think, well, what, what will the backlash be really? What will there be a few protests and then it'll, you know, what are people really going to do? But this is deeply dark and deeply sick. And I've told you that something very, very dark is going on here. Andrew Tate has been a threat to the system for a very long time. The more videos I watch of him, by the way, the more I begin to feel that this has been the most misunderstood and misrepresented figure, maybe, uh, maybe of my time. I mean, it's, it's quite insane how different he is portrayed in these little short clips versus what you actually learn about this man when you really dig into his long-form content and when you really, really sit and watch these interviews and do the investigative research. He has been set up multiple on multiple occasions here, and this, this, he is now in jail for months without charges, and this is a man now who we know has a malignant growth in his lungs, which, by the way, speaks to an incredible amount of character that he didn't share that with anybody. He was hustling. He went about his journey. He was going to take care of it. Think about the bravery of that, too. Of That didn't bury him. I remember watching him on Just Pearly. I remember him watching him. He was on Pierce Morgan. And you would have never been able to tell that he was struggling with something. That's something to aspire to because life throws you a lot of curveballs sometimes, and some of them aren't good. It's something very deep to aspire to that you would be able to conduct your life in such a way that people wouldn't know that you had this level of concerning health issue going on. Wow. And people are saying I have more respect for him now than ever. And it's, 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 I'm very worried about what's going on. I'm very worried about an American citizen who finds themselves in a corrupt jail. Uh, and by the way, I remember when we had that conversation about the U.S. Embassy? I have one more update for you on this, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. But I had told you that the, the U.S. Embassy isn't going to get involved, and they didn't. They were approached, and they denied. The U.S. Embassy said, no thanks. Why? Because they want to see this guy disappear as much as the corrupt Romanian authorities do. When I tell you, I keep saying they're really bad people that want him to disappear, they are not helping him. The U.S. Embassy is not helping this guy. They find his messaging problematic. This is a guy going after the Matrix. They are the Matrix. You think they're going to go and, oh, yeah, let's help Andrew Tate. No, heck no. They've been terrified of him for a long time. And they're very happy to have some way now to take him out. So you're, if you're asking if I think the powers that be, we talk about this big structure, this big, you know, we talk about the WEF, the WHO. We talk about all of this one world government structure that surrounds what comes down the pike. Do you think... That, I mean, do I think that that's going off 100%? Do I think calls are being made by people that are very powerful, making sure that this guy stays in jail? Yes, I do. 
And the fact that he is operating inside of a system that enables this level of corruption, meaning the Romanian system, only helps them. Because it would be really hard for them to do this. They couldn't do this in Dubai. They couldn't do this in the United States. You can't do this. You, can't, you cannot legally hold somebody like this. They're, uh, in their view, is very lucky because he's sitting in a corrupt jail and nobody's been able to get him out because the Romanian system allows for this. Now, think about this, though. If he's got this lesion on his lungs, and by the way, I did go and I spoke to... Um, let me pull it up for you for a second. Um, I did speak to members of his team. Sartorial Shooter also did tweet. Um, he didn't tweet. I'm sorry. He put up on his Instagram story. Let me see if I can pull this up here. I don't have it here. But he did say that he was confirming that this was, in fact, true and that he was the person who was going with Andrew to and from those doctor's appointments. So this is real, guys. This is not fake stuff. This is real stuff that's going on now. Um, very, very sad. He has a family. From what I can see, the guy has done nothing illegal. That I, I don't see it. They don't have evidence against him. It's a witch hunt. They want him out. And by the way, if you go watch old footage of him, he's going to tell you that these people were coming to take him out. They were coming to take him out. One last thing before we go. I know we have to wrap. There was something that broke from Censored Man, um, who covers a lot of Tate stuff. And can you pull that up, Deli? Yep. Okay, you can play it. Actually, can we play it without sound? And I'm just going to let it run while I'm talking. It says, new leaked CCTV footage, that's security camera footage, shows the alleged victims entering and leaving the Tate brothers' house freely with shopping bags and suitcases. So what you see here is what they will show is extensive footage. This is the footage, by the way, the security camera footage that was outside the Tate house. This is the footage that the courts were refusing to put in the case files and refusing to acknowledge. You're going to see over and over again, that these women are going in and out. They're getting what looks like Ubers to me. They're on their phones, by the way. Does this look like sex trafficking to you? Look, going in and out of the house. Next day, multiple days worth of footage of them coming in and going out. Coming in and going out. Does it look like women who were held against their will? No. Now ask yourself, and this could go on for a while, so we can pull this down. You can go, and I, I linked this on my page as well, so you can go look at it. First of all, you ask yourself, why are Georgiana and Luana, why are these people being held? Why? What did they do? They're being held because they want to turn those women against the Tates. This corrupt, evil system is trying to turn them against the Tates. And so far it hasn't worked. So God knows what, they're do what the conditions are for the women in those jails. They're, I'm sure, doing everything they can to make them feel unsafe to try to coerce. Secondly, why didn't they look at these cameras? Couldn't they have figured out on second one, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. The girls are saying that they're being held captive and they're walking in and out of the house. Walking in and out of the house. Does it look like a setup to you yet? Does it look like a witch hunt to you yet? This is criminal what's gone on. Criminal what's gone on. So you now have a guy and his brother you have in jail. Tate Brothers in jail now being held for months with no charges. You have evidence now that's leaked out that shows that these women had access free reign to go in and out of the house. How does that not negate these, these allegations? You have wiretaps that come out that show that these women were plotting against him, plotting against both of them, coercing this, that, lying, deceit, just right there in their own words. What's going on here? Why are they still in jail? And why now do you have a medical request from a doctor saying that the man has a lesion on his lungs? a tumor, whatever it may be, and that a biopsy needs to be done immediately, urgently, and he's not being granted that right. These are human rights violations at this point. Andrew Tate's human rights are being violated. I don't know what an American lawyer can do. I, I, do you want me to get Tina Glandian on? Do you guys want to hear from Tina Glandian? 
I can get her on, but it's not going to be an easy interview because I, I, I don't understand. I don't. She's a powerful attorney. I don't understand. Do American attorneys not have rights in these countries to get? I just don't understand. Get him into a hospital. It could be a life or death situation. Do I believe that the powers that be, the evil powers that be, want him dead? Yes, I do. I don't know how it's going to work out. I really don't. I hope he's doing a nice fast while he's in there. I'm not kidding because that's, you know, there's not much else you could do. He's not, he doesn't have access to wellness care and, and jail. This is deeply concerning information. This is um, very sad. He has children. And by the way, just know the evil that exists in the world. They don't like this guy, so they want to take him out. So somebody, is it you next? Is it somebody else who rises to power and gets a little bit too popular and a little bit too influential? The Matrix is evil. The Matrix is an evil, evil, evil machine. That's why you get healthy. That's why you do what you can. That's why you stand up to it because there's power in numbers. Don't you forget that. Any chats at the end? Oh, you have one left. Okay. Last one says, Adrian C., Romania doesn't care about AT, USA administration does. Well, I don't know if that was a mistake, but they don't. I can tell you right now that the United States of America, this current administration, does not care about Andrew Tate. They don't care, and they would, they would be very happy for him to be removed as well because he is also a threat to their willingness to be weak and join that one world government that's about to tell every single one of us what to do with our lives. Thank you, everyone. It brings me no joy to bring you a sad story like that, but you need to be informed of what's going on. And I wanted to make sure you knew I did confirm that this, if you were reading this online and like, is it true? Is it not true? I did confirm that those doctor appointments were real and happening. And this, this is real. What's going on? This is serious and it's real. So stand up and make your voices heard. Thank you for being here. I will see you on Monday with Destiny. Bring some popcorn is all I'm going to say. Bye.